You're testing all of us. I hope that goes in the episode. Welcome to Pod Trivia, the podcast that asks who, what, where, when, and why, but specifically, who do they think they are? What are they talking about? Where are they going with this? When is this going to end? And why won't they stop talking? <laughs> I'm your host, Burton. I'm Kyle. I'm Becky. This is accurate. Uh, yeah, very accurate. Very well done. I liked that you started at like the high there and then like everyone got like worse and worse of just like, what are we doing here? What What's going on? I felt it was accurate representation of how I'm sure many people view us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a fun fact that I actually prepared beforehand because I saw Wild. it and was like, this is both fun and a fact. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's shocking for our fun fact section. I know. Normally, I'm a little bit more loosey-goosey 10 minutes beforehand. Let's YOLO this, but mm-hmm. everything's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. coming together. Yeah. Uh-huh. Half a year into this. And I'm yeah. Half a year? We're very close to a year. I don't think so. We started in August. Did we? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. we started earlier in the summer. Okay. We just released episode 34. That we means have... nothing. <laughs> yeah. That means nothing. But remember, um... we recorded a bunch. I'm going off of release date. That's true. That's true. Okay. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. I don't know when our first recording was, but- Fair. Anyway, in 1997, Tina Fey provided the voices for a pinball machine called Medieval Madness. She played two different princesses. The dialogue for this pinball game was written by her future 30 Rock co-star, Scott Adzit. Wow, that is both a fact and is fun. Mostly. It's very interesting. A fact. (laughs) I, I, for some reason, when you initially said she voiced a pinball machine? I thought in a movie. Is that what you thought? No, I imagined her, like, for a real pinball machine, but I imagined oh. her being like, bling, 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 one million points, right? Like, like doing all the sound effects that the machine makes as you get, as you get points. Yes. I would 100% play the game if she did that. Yeah. It would make it better. But we all know that in 1997, they didn't know how to make sound effects yet and still had to use human voices for that aspect. (laughs) This makes sense. On pinball machines. Bling, 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 bling. bling, bling. New ball. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. She could totally do the new ball. Are y'all ready? What are we talking about today, Becky? Today, children, Mm -hmm. we're going to look at the question, what... Is equal pay in women's sports? Mm. Britain partially requested this story. I partially requested this because I overheard a conversation and I just wasn't sure about some of the facts that were being told. And also, I saw a on the interwebs a comparison between Sue Bird and LeBron James, and it was comparing. Are you going to talk about this or? Can I give it I'm a not go I'm not go ahead. It was talking about how they both have I think it was 12 titles, championship mm-hmm. titles. Yeah. 
I don't remember the other stats of what it was. And then she gets paid $300,000 and he gets p- paid $3.5 million. I yeah, think per game. And, and I have to assume that $3.5 million is before like ads that he does, different brand oh, yeah. partnerships oh, that yeah. he does, shoes that he's signed to, like all that stuff also. Ooh. Yeah, and it probably also ha- is like the base salary. Nonetheless, the years when he goes to the finals, it's very common yeah. that the way these things are structured is that you get a bonus for going to the finals. Yeah. Nonetheless, winning. Per game usually doesn't include ads or other things that happen. Wait, that's that $300,000 and that $3.5 million is per game? I believe so, I think. Wow, holy crap i think that's per season okay well then it's per season yeah so before we jump into it i just want to say like i want you two to feel like you can ask questions as we go along this is a topic that you like might feel weird asking about but clarifying terms or how things are decided doesn't make you sexist and others might be wondering the same thing so i just want to like open that up that like It's okay to ask questions about this because as we get into it, you'll see that there's a lot of different things that go into the conversation of equal pay and different athletes and different teams have advocated for equal pay under sort of different definitions. So I think that that's just an important Mm. place to start with. I'm just updating myself because I quickly Googled it. Uh, LeBron James gets paid $3.8 million per season, which is about... $500,000 per game or $162 per second. Assuming he probably plays every second, which he does. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it just says per second. What that means. It's it's divided by the games, so it doesn't matter. His pay doesn't increase or decrease based on playtime. Yeah. Right. That's just for the whole time. When he's sitting out taking a water break during that drink of water, he's making more than I do in eight days. Do you think LeBron James goes to take a poop during the middle of a game and then like times it so that way he can be like, that poop just made me $30,000 or something like that? Kyle, they don't poop during games. (laughs) You don't know that. They're playing basketball. At like halftime, they might. Yeah. Yeah. They might do it during halftime or they might... Yeah, um, he might be in the middle of a water break. He's not playing right now. He's I'll like, give, oh, I'll give, I'll give a funny example of that kind of thing. Um, at the Super Bowl, halftime is obviously longer than a normal halftime because they have the halftime show, and um, it's very common for athletes, especially like a quarterback, to take a shower during halftime. Mm-hmm. People have done the math. I didn't look it up for this, but of like how much money they make while taking that shower especially if they go win the game mm-hmm. um is is a wild amount of money i have a friend of mine who works on major you know movies and shoots slow motion photography for s- some of those movies and on movie sets if you like hit a certain hour point everybody starts making like double money and then if yeah. you even go further everyone starts making triple money and that's just because of uh, like SAG rules um, that you sort of have the movie set has to follow. And so at one point, they crossed the hour point to get into triple money. And so he immediately just left set and like calculated how much he made. <laughs> also, I just Googled Super Bowl shower pay and yeah. 
nothing came up. But also, okay. I, I'm not surprised that Super Bowl shower pay didn't come up with the information I wanted. Yeah, I, I think that you would have to find the right story. Um, I think most recently I heard that during a Super Bowl, like on the radio. So it also might be something that someone calculated, but isn't in writing anyway all right we're talking about subjects <laughs> so we are gonna start off with some trivia about my personal favorite women's team which is the u.s women's soccer team kyle how many world cups do you think the u.s women have won i mean i can think of them winning at least three um see now can i jump in here yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm pretty sure the answer is four because we've asked this question before. And I think that I said at least three. And that was my answer. And Becky, then you said four. <laughs> yeah, you are right. Yeah. Um, wow. Good memory. <laughs> Thank it you. It is four. Um, it is three pretty recently. Yeah. And then one was in 91. So, okay. Britain, how many gold medals has the U.S. women's national team won at the Olympics? Three. Four. Four. <laughs> okay, well, history repeats itself, as they say. Yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Kyle, how many World Cups have the U.S. men's team won? Um, I'm going to make a wild guess here and say zero. Big old goose egg. Correct. Yeah. Britain, how many gold medals at an Olympics have they won? See, the men's team. It's weird because they actually lost a medal. They stole it from one of the other U.S. <laughs> Olympians, took it out, and then they can't find it anymore. So they're actually at negative one medals. This is tragically not true, but close to the truth. Um, <laughs> zero. They also haven't qualified for the Olympics for, the, for a while. Yeah, because they suck. All right, so we're going to start with a story about the U.S. Women's National Team because I think it's good background for what is, I think, the best known story in the media right now around this, and then we'll sort of broaden it. Before we talk about pay, I think it would be a really good idea for us to go around and each say how much money we make. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm fully joking. Hard pass. Continue on. <laughs> You can check my Twitter if you want to know that. I, I've tweeted that out before. This is a weird thing for you to announce. Especially considering that you won't release your last name or any personal information. So that way people can't associate to this. Yeah, how are they finding your Twitter, babe? Uh, nobody can look up my Twitter then, so it's fine. <laughs> well, my Twitter is at Britain Vavra. I'm going to go retweet Kyle right now. <laughs> he has before. It wouldn't be hard to find all of us through Britain. Let me just say that, like, a side note, um, we're just talking about sports here, but another conversation is how these conversations play out when it's not in the public eye. You'll see that the public pressure plays the I mean, I think the biggest role, frankly, in influencing all of these cases, um, it would be interesting at some point, we'd have to figure out the right way to do it, to talk about, like, I have some really interesting stories about, like, negotiating pay and just, like, how that differs um, mm -hmm. than male counterparts and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. that could be another episode for another time. I think that's a really good um, conversation, too. 
Okay. So jumping in with the U.S. Women's National Team, they are one of the best-known stories in the battle for equal pay, due in part to these statistics that we did in our trivia. Now, women aren't inherently better at soccer than men, <laughs> but I just think that's an important thing to like talk about. Like in the world, there are men who are good at soccer. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> <laughs> not in America. They just don't live in the U.S. <laughs> yes, the U.S. women seem to be far better in their field, in their competition, than their male counterparts. Yeah. Well, and I know that it one of the reasons is just soccer is not as big here, where it is far bigger in other places for a couple of reasons. I mean, we have more, I feel like we have more popular sports here that are not as large across the U.S. I mean, football for, for one. Folk. Yeah, for the men folk. For the men folk, yeah. Football is yeah. much bigger here than it is in other places. Baseball is definitely big in some places, but not as worldwide as it is in the U.S. So, Yeah, and there isn't Olympics for football, and there isn't like a world title for football like we they talk about the 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 NFL you know Super Bowl as being the like world championship of football <laughs> but it's not like there there's no, no. there's no, there's no like there's no real international uh competition there but that's because no other country cares exactly. about about football in the same way that the US does it's hard to make comparisons i feel like between different sports in the US because we care so much about football in comparison to other sports for some reason. For some so I would reason. Say, I would say yes, though I think as we go through this, I don't think that there's, um, for the men at the top of their game in soccer, I don't know that there's the same motivation for them to be the best. Mm, let's get into it. They're still paid just fine. Like, can you imagine, this is, an equivalency that isn't exact, but, um, you know, if the stats for the U.S. men's team are that they don't win Olympic gold and they don't win World Cups, like, if you did that in football, like, if you never right. made it to the playoffs, right? would you be paid as well as somebody who does? And the answer is, like, clearly no, because clearly you can no. look at, you know, quarterbacks who don't make it to the playoffs very often, and generally they get worse contracts or they end up getting traded down to worse teams and yeah. fired, you know, switched they don't get up. paid very well. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're going to jump back into it. So due to their successes, the women's teams over the last couple of years, especially because several of the World Cup wins have been the last three. They've seen soaring numbers in their game attendance, merchandise, sales, and popularity. After each World Cup victory, the winning team hosts a victory tour in their country, which brings further revenue to U.S. soccer. However, U.S. soccer offers the women one-sixth the amount of money that they offer the men in terms of bonuses for qualifying for the World Cup. So that's $90,000 to $550,000. So the men get a higher bonus for qualifying and not winning than the women did for qualifying and winning. Does that make sense? Yes. It, it makes. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Does it yes. make sense? Yes. No. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you're going to get into this, so maybe yeah. I'm jumping the gun. But like if... Theoretically speaking, we had somebody from, you know, the National Soccer Organization 
uh-huh. sitting here on this podcast and yeah. we were at- grilling yeah. them on this. Yeah. What would be, in your opinion, their reasoning for saying that this is justified? So we will get into that. We'll hop right there in a minute. Okay. So I think that the logic, like if you were truly just thinking about this logically, would follow. That even though they're more successful at winning, the women must be bringing in less than the men, right? Have you guys heard mm-hmm. this argument? Yeah, sure. And this exists across sports. Now, right now, in just this moment, we're just talking about women's soccer over the last 10 years. In the two years leading up to the last World Cup, the women averaged bringing in about 2% more than the men's team did. So that kicks that. Yep, kicks that right to the curb. And they did it for like two years consistently. They had more game attendance. They had more sales. They had more all of this. They were bringing in more money. And U.S. soccer's choice was to still pay them less and to give them lower bonuses for being successful, which obviously led to this victory tour, which leads to even more success. Mm -hmm. Does any of the male's soccer profit or sorry, does any of the female soccer profits go into funding the males? Yep, sure does. Cool. That's, okay. That's where they're, that's where they're, it's all one money pot. Mm-hmm. And that's what goes into, um, sometimes, sometimes the year that they won the World Cup in 2015, the men's team actually had, um, uh, um, a year in the red. So they actually cost U.S. soccer more than they made. And that year, the women won the World Cup. And so to keep men's afloat, they literally used the women's money and wow. income. So fun. Okay. Fun fact. Fun facts. So can we, can we, the, sorry. Can we? Yeah. We need to have fun facts and then like uh-huh. depressing uh-huh. facts. Sad <laughs> depressing facts. Depressing facts. <laughs> um, okay. So wh- one question. So you yeah. mentioned that, generally speaking, the national... A women's team brought in uh-huh. 2% more than the national men's team. Yep. That's just comparing the national teams, right? That's not comparing the, um, like, MLS teams? No. We should talk about the structure of this. Okay, so this is different than um, a lot of things because, because, I mean, football is just NFL, right? That's just right. all it is. Major League Soccer is the men's league. National Women's Soccer League is the women's league. And both of them um, are just national games. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Both of those are just, um, it'd be better to say, those are both local games. And then above that are the national teams, which they pull right. players from all the other teams. So the Seattle Reign has had a variety of teams or a variety of people on their team be pulled up to the national team. Megan Rapino, for instance, plays on both teams. Right. So so basically like the MLS and um I'm sorry, I'm not remembering the NWSL. The NWSL. Those are equivalents to like the NBA and the WNBA. Yes. Whereas the national teams that, that play so- soccer is representing the entire United States. So you end yes. up pulling members from all of those teams in Correct. that league to make Correct. the best team you can. In the same way that the NBA puts together like a dream team for the Olympics. Yes, exactly. So the women's team ended up suing. There actually was legislation passed that Congress um, in the U.S. supported them being paid more equally around this time. Long story short, it took a very long time. Um 
U.S. soccer said that women could be paid less because they aren't doing as difficult of things as the men. They aren't living up to the same pressures, and they aren't as strong. That was their literal, genuine um, um, comeback. Argument. Comeback. Yep. Yep. That's that's what they had. Now the courts had to decide. Sorry, Sorry, we can have a moment with that. Yeah. These are all things that I've known for years, so it, uh-huh. it doesn't... Yeah. Well, and yeah. especially what's wild is that, obviously, I come from the cheer and gymnastics yeah. background, and when you watch yeah. gymnastics, I mean, men and women do different skills. Mm-hmm. There is a reason for that. You know, sometimes, sure. like, right. if we look at cheerleading, men can partner stunt better than women because of mm-hmm. science and biology and physics, but... I don't feel like that relates to soccer when you're kicking a ball, you know, like what type of skills are you not able to do? Like bicycle kicks? Women can do bicycle kicks. That's the only soccer term I know. So yeah, Um, (laughs) frequently women are better at bicycle kicks because their bodies are smaller. It's sort of the same logic of being a flyer in cheer. Like you're, you're light. You can go in the air easier. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I I think that there are, when you look at the biology of men and women, there are differences, Um, but the idea that, like, a man's more likely to have bigger muscles on his leg, which is just more likely, like, like, I guarantee you, Serena Williams has more muscle on her than either of you, you know, like, Mm -hmm. she's worked Mm -hmm. at it, she has more. But also, just the fact that she has muscles does not change anything about, because there are bodybuilders with huge muscles that would suck at soccer. So saying that you have muscle, therefore, or you have less muscle, therefore, you get paid less. Yeah. I I think I know all the answers to these questions, but I'm Mm -hmm. just going to try to level set Mm -hmm. in order to make sure I'm not missing something out of ignorance or something like that. Which you probably are. Because you're pretty ignorant. Yep, factual. Just like me. That's why Becky's doing this topic instead of us. (laughs) (laughs) Men and women's soccer both play on like the same sized fields. Yep. Mm. They both play with the same kind of ball. Accurate. They They both dump Gatorade. They both shoot the same kind of goals. They do. They say they shoot to the same kind of goals. They play for the same amount of time. It's a long game. Ninety minutes is a long time. It's a long ass time. Which and you often add in an extra um, half hour of um, extra time when you're in like the Olympics and stuff. So like 120 minutes of cardio is right. And like as as far as I've seen in games, there's not like a strong difference in terms of the rules right like it's not like the women take a 60 minute break in the middle of the game or something like that in order to drink tea (laughs) it's our nap time for our uteruses (laughs) 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 no no it's a it's a very similar game so what they kind of were able to argue was the idea and we're going to break this down. But the idea that like, oh, the men have more pressure because the men have more press and they're bringing in more money and they have more sponsorships and like all these things. So here's here's what the court said. I think this is important. The court like 
ignored this nonsense that came out of their mouth and Mm -hmm. said that they did have to side with U.S. soccer, not because of what they had said, but because the women had signed the deal that led to them being paid that much or led to them Mm. um, not being able to negotiate further down the line than they did. Man, this sounds like a real callback to our contract law episode. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe I should do a part two. Maybe this is our part two. Who know? Who knew that we would end up talking about contract law so much on this podcast? Oh my gosh. So they are in the midst of renegotiating stuff. It's been hard. They've had to fire some lawyers who ended up not fighting for them very well. Hmm. And it's been made all the more complex because of COVID. Um, the Olympics right. were something that they were using to negotiate and have before because U.S. soccer would look really bad if the women's team didn't show up to the Olympics to be the only team that's going to win a gold there. So TBD on how some of that will play out. Right. But we are going to get into a broader conversation now. When you think about looking at how someone is compensated for doing a job, particularly the sort of sports in the public job, what things do you guys think go into that conversation? So I'd say you have like some sort of base salary that you're given by your team for showing up practices, showing up to games, playing well in those games, etc. I would say you have some sort of bonus that's probably attached to that, probably associated with like getting into the playoffs, getting into the finals, and probably winning your finals, something to that effect. And then I'd also probably say that you have a variety of contracts with different with different sponsorships. There, there we go. That's the word I was trying to search for. And then I would also assume that like the amount of press work that you do has some amount of money worked into it. I, I don't know if that's probably associated with your base salary and the team just expects that you show up to a certain amount of uh, press events or if that's a separate amount, but well, I assume that's also worth As Marshawn Lynch said, I'm just here so I don't get fined. So yeah. there is definitely an expectation to do some press. Right. I, I mean, everything Kyle said, yeah, like the number that you're paid for that is, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, has a strong basis in performance of mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. they expect you to I mean, they expect you to win games, whatever it yeah. is. And so the better you are at that, the more likely they're going to pay you to keep you around. Okay. So we hit on, there's two main parts of compensation that I want to talk about. And the first is income. But before we jump into that, there's a side thing that, Britton, what you said reminded me of that um, might be the most infuriating thing that exists in sports. But so... <laughs> You said, and and correctly so, that you would think performance would influence pay, right? Mm -hmm. That just, it makes sense in sports. Like, it's like- Or any job. You showing up, and like, at the end of the day, no one has cheered like you didn't do a good job in any form of cheer. That's your job (laughs) in sports, is to do the sport well enough. Do the sport! Um... (laughs) Okay, so the women's national team in their game um, only get paid for games. For a long time, their contracts were that they only got paid for the games that they won. And the men's team got paid for any game they showed up to. (laughs) 
Mm. <laughs> hence, mm. hence my my um theory that the men's team um doesn't have a lot of motivation to win. Like, right? What does it influence? You just gotta show up. Okay, we're gonna go back. So income, when we talk about income in a job like sports, that's influenced by things like popularity, ticket sales, and merchandise. And I think this part's really easy to understand. It's really logical. It fits a lot of other businesses. Like if Steph Curry is good at his job, people like him, they come to see him, they want his jersey, so he's valuable to the NBA and to his team, and so he's compensated for that. That is a logical um, line of thinking. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, the second part of conversation about compensation, particularly in sports, is what does the employer or organization invest in the person or the team or the sport? And it, it again, I think this is a logical follow through. If you don't invest in something, how can you then pretend that it had the same opportunity to create popularity, ticket sales, merchandise, all of that. You got to spend money to make money. Buzzwords. Buzzwords. Synergy. Energize. (laughs) Okay. Profit margin. So investments, advertising, promotion, media, and resources are all all other good buzzwords. Big (sighs) roles in this. Okay, we're doing so good, boys. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Do we need to take a recess break? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Let me go do some handstands. Children! (laughs) Let me go work on my bicycle kick. (laughs) Lord have mercy. All right, so Steph Curry is great, but if you moved the Warriors to an outdoor court without seats, fewer people Mm -hmm. would come to watch their games, right? That just makes sense. There's no yeah. seats. It's not inside. You can't get a Coke. You can't get a beer. Like, makes 100% sense. So stadiums being built is a fascinating part of sports because who pays for that? Generally speaking, the taxpayers of the city that the um, stadium is located in. It's not paid for by the uh, team, and it's generally not paid for by the NBA. It's paid for by taxpayers. Correct. And this is true across different sports, not just basketball. Yeah. Um, local taxpayers buy into the logic that having the stadium will help their local economy. Teams will come in and spend nights in the hotels nearby. People will be employed by the stadium. People from, you know, Eastern Washington will come over and watch a Lakers team when they come in, if they're fans, like all of that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. So we've had this happen recently in Seattle with the new hockey stadium being built. And I think we've watched this happen. Can you imagine the amount of money and effort that goes into getting something like that on the ballot, getting public support, getting approval, getting the right um, applications, finding investors where needed, Uh working to build a new stadium, all of that. How many advertisements do you guys think over the last year you have, or maybe even two years, you've seen about hockey coming to Seattle? Oh, I mean... I watch a lot. Of, I, I watch a decent amount of hockey, so I'm probably like my me seeing that is probably skewed a little bit sure. uh, in the high range. But I would say probably a hundred or more, like it, just in terms of the numbers of times I've seen seen the commercial. And definitely, I've seen zero. You don't watch TV, <laughs> correct? Uh, 
there have been a good amount on TV. There's been a good amount of targeted ads on social media, too. And as someone who doesn't follow hockey players and doesn't watch hockey, I've seen a lot of it on Instagram. um, Just because I think I follow Seattle stuff. Right. Well, so Adam, listener Adam, who we've talked about before, recently just asked me, he's like, I feel like there's a lot of hype around the Krakens. And I was Uh like, well, I mean, I know we have a lot of fans and other things, but... So maybe it is just me that's managed to miss out on all of the advertising for the Krakens. No, the Krakens done great advertising. They've had an Instagram for a year. Um, they've sold a lot of merchandise already. Yeah, a lot of merch. All of that says that the NHL has like supported this um, expansion. And while I am super pumped to have hockey in Seattle... It kills me a little bit that the key arena is still where our women's basketball team plays. Now, Kyle. Yes. Who was Seattle's NBA team? We've also covered this question. That's fine. No, he I know. still doesn't know. Yeah, I still don't know. I, I, For some reason, the Thunderbirds is stuck in my head, but that's definitely the local, um, the local hockey, hockey team. AAA yeah. hockey team. I don't remember. It was- the Sonics. Sonics, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. our women's team is the Storm. Well done. Yes, I well knew done. I knew that. Okay. So they currently play. The NBA pulled um the Sonics out of Key Arena for a couple of reasons, but one of them was that the arena was just too old and mm-hmm. wasn't going to be fixed up by the city. That was in 2008. It's been 13 years. Um mm-hmm. And the Seattle Storm play there, and they have qualified for their finals 12 out of the 17 years that they have existed. And Seabird's a god. And that's also the where the Thunderbirds play out of, which is a not... No. I think the Thunderbirds are down in, like, Tacoma. They're, they're down in Kent. Can't the Key Arena become a ice skating rink? Can. It definitely can, but... They just don't do it that often. I think I saw Sesame Street on ice there when I was a child. Becky, when we were in high school, did you go with Mara and us to sell raffle tickets for the 50-50? No. No, No, I didn't. But that might have been the key arena, and it might have been a different hockey team. Like, Maybe. It's very possible. All right. I don't know anything anymore. One thing I I will say, because I do want to emphasize a point that you mentioned earlier, Becky, which is like the Kraken expanding into... Uh, Seattle has been well supported by the NHL, which I would 100% agree with you. It has been. And to give a little bit more context for people who don't watch a lot of hockey, um, recently the NHL had another team expand into the league, which was the Vegas Golden Knights. The Vegas Golden Knights went to the finals in the first year of their existence, um, which was huge press for the NHL. And the team was... Um, sort of constructed out of like a bunch of older players who weren't really, I don't want to say wanted, but weren't the star players of their teams anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it ended up being this like hodgepodge team of like some of the best players in the league. They were just a little bit older. Sure. And they killed it in their first year, like went almost undefeated into the finals and absolutely uh, almost won the Stanley Cup. Like team expansion in the NHL, because the NHL recognizes that they're not as popular as another organization, mostly the NFL, 
is very well supported by by the organization. They want more teams to come join the NHL, which is why the Kraken really is well as well supported as it is, I think. And I also know because of some research I did because I was talking to some girl on Bumble about <laughs> hockey <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> The expansion process of being able to pick your team allow gives them a huge advantage because, like you said, they were able to pretty much handpick almost whoever they wanted and was able to yeah. create this super team. And so that's likely going to happen with the Krakens where they will end up with a very, very strong team, which makes sense yep. why they're being promoted so well. Yep. Okay. <laughs> what are we talking about again? All of that tied back to... The league supporting one of the ways that yes. we can measure compensating players and compensating teams is by how they do or don't support um, not only expansions or new buildings, but redoing old buildings. Mm -hmm. Because it's very logical. Like if there's a really cool stadium, I think a lot more people go to see games as opposed to like if it's old and it's gross and they don't have the ability to have good food or whatever. Like you Filled just Filled with snakes. Uh-huh. Indiana Jones. Like whatever. That's just that's not what you're looking for. I don't think I need to explain the importance of advertising promotion and media presence when it comes to income. I think that's very clear. That if like a game's on ESPN instead of YouTube, it will get more viewers. That is very logical. We've actually seen that with um women's soccer over the last year. It got onto ESPN because it was one of the few sports that started in the summer and viewership and um, advertising has just soared for them. But it's not like it was, you know, Megan Rapino's job to call up ESPN and be like, hey, can you put us on your channel? Like, that's not who's doing the negotiation. Like, she can't influence that in the same way the league can, obviously. Right. Or in the same way, Serena Williams couldn't like call up reporters and be like, hey, can you come down and like cover my game so that it's in the newspapers and on radio shows or on online articles <laughs> like U.S. tennis should be promoting her and does, but not yeah. necessarily all women the same way that she is promoted. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say that like I do think major stars of their sport. Yeah. Do I think do some of that promotion in the sense that like they have the influence as stars to be like, hey, this should be covered more than it is. It's just that they like, at least in like Megan Rapinoe's case, don't necessarily always get the same support from the organization. So like, so, so yes and no. Um, yes, they can call out when it's been done badly. You see right. a real mix of how organizations respond to that, though. Um, right. I, I, I mean, Colin Kaepernick was was yeah. benched, um, not even benched, just thrown out for a dissenting opinion, despite being very good. So I think there is real risk. Um, yeah, when minority totally groups call out that, but also like. Megan Rapino doesn't necessarily have the ability, nor should she, to be like, here's the press box. Here right. is 
the press pass. Here is who you will interview after the game. Here is who will be on the field. Like, that's not their job. So there's only so much they can do. And they can be on Instagram and Twitter and trying to, like, up their presence. But at the same time, if you don't have the full league support in the way that you do for, like, a big NFL game, you you just don't have the same um, amount of press. You, yes, you, totally agree. you can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. Absolutely. Okay, so the final part of this, I think, is resources. Did you guys see the NCAA um, picture that went viral that was posted by one of the female athletes of the weight room for the men and women during March Madness? I did. I didn't. Okay, so the women had one rack of dumbbells. The men had a full weight room, like yeah. just just a full weight room. March Madness is a cash cow. There is there is no way around it. Those players are not paid. They have every single game televised, men and women. It is one of the most watched sports events, especially for like a series. Yeah. They have no excuse for not having the money to outfit two weight rooms. Like they just don't. Yeah. Not, not to mention like. All of those games are aired during prime time. Advertisers spend huge money to be in the middle of March Madness games. And the amount of gambling that happens around March Madness is mind-boggling. Like, the the amount of money that casinos and and Vegas make off of March Madness is absolutely astonishing amounts of money. Those players should be treated like real players and, and not like... Here's one one rack of dumbbells. That's fine. That's yeah, fine. yeah. It was like eight. The other really funny piece that I read from some anonymous coaches that were coming out was like at their schools they have the weights, like they right. have the ability to bring it if no one's going to provide it. Mm. But instead, like March Madness or whoever's hosting, you know, is like, no, no, we got you. We'll have a weight room. We're all good. And they consider this sufficient. Like, it's not like these things don't exist, even if you could somehow pretend that they don't have the money to, like, get them. Right. I think it also um, just points to the fact that, like, if overall, I'm not saying, the NCAA didn't say this, but if overall our argument is going to be that, like, women are weaker, (laughs) maybe they need the weights more. Like, the men don't need them. If this is our argument, (laughs) stick with the party line. Um, That's funny. Now, the NCAA did respond well and off, uh, outfitted a good weight room for them. Um, but this led to a lot of players showing um, the similar disparities that they have in terms of the swag that men and women get when they come to these events and different um, meals that they get, just like the wild differences that you see for no logical reason. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about equal pay, we're really talking about all of these things. Not all women or teams are actually advocating for equality in paychecks alone, though some are and are deserving of it. Like I think the women's national team, since they earn more for U.S. soccer, should be paid equally. I think that's a very logical argument. But the WNBA has taken the approach of asking for what they deserve based on what they're bringing in and for that to increase as they become more popular and successful and bring in more money for their organization. That's an ongoing conversation. Um, There hasn't been much progress on that. 
Unfortunately, you see in both women's basketball and soccer that the players who aren't the top tier players but are um, just playing at the league level often have to have a second job in order to maintain being on the team because they just aren't even paid what really is a working level or um, or a living level wage. See, I think the issue with you know the the two solutions you said about women's pay is that those are logical situations and you know i think that people have proven that logic does not go over well no no this is sarcasm i just want to just want to make sure that we're all clear on this Yeah. yeah No, but I mean, I think I think you're you're right. Like if if the genuine argument from some of these people are women are just weaker and they're not doing the same things, I don't know that you can win with those people in charge. I don't know that you can do it. Social pressure is big, lawsuits are big, but I don't know that we're going to see real change until those people are replaced. Especially because their arguments for comparative pay i think that's a appropriate way to say that is that they're not disagreeing with any of that they're not trying to say like no no no, we are they're just like pay us what's fair and comparable to what we're earning and making you Mm -hmm. the same Mm -hmm. way you do the men's teams you know don't pay us the same because maybe you know we talked about what goes into a pay so if you're not meeting that, then there's no reason to do that. Right. The other piece I want to mention is other players and teams are also taking the approach of asking for equal support in terms of opportunity and investment in order that one day they could make the same earnings. And if you if you just use some logic, like if the WNBA can put more money into these things and therefore they make more money. This is a no-lose situation mm-hmm. for right. them. It is a worthwhile investment because you see over and over again when somebody has a good arena, when they have a real um, weight room, when when they have real press, that they are far more likely to succeed and, and bring in money for the organization. Mm-hmm. So a couple of brief things. How do you support women's sports? Follow local teams on social media. Go to their games. Buy their merchandise. That's too difficult. I can't do that. I'm not on social media right now, so can you give me two other things that I can do? Um, You can go to their games. COVID. Can you give me something else to do? When COVID is done. you can, you buy, can their buy, their buy their merchandise. Buy their merchandise. Huh? Do you not have the internet? Uh, well, we didn't talk about what we're paid, but I don't make enough to do that. This is not true. It's <laughs> not even remotely true. But that's... <sighs> well, that was uh, very good. Thank you very much, Bay. Yeah. A lot of food for thought, if you will. Speaking of food for thought, let's get into rapid trivia. <laughs> What I was gonna transition be like, was that? Yeah, what? where are we going? Uh, I was so confused. I'm practicing my segues, so, nice. you know, I thought that effort is needed. I don't know. Yeah, more effort is needed. <laughs> rapid trivia! All right, this rapid trivia, I... You know, Britton, you prepared the intro this for this podcast. 
I contracted out preparing these questions. <laughs> Thank you. You didn't even contract this out. This is another example of a man taking thanks for a woman's work. I got these questions and answers for you. <laughs> Boom roasted. Wow. Wow. You may apologize now. I am sorry. <laughs> I was going to mention that. You, I was going to bring that up, but then you jumped in. You didn't let him finish his joke. Yeah. It wasn't funny. Fair enough. I laughed. I thought it was funny. <laughs> So listener Bryn on her stoop sent in some questions uh, similar to the rapid trivia that I think we did last week or maybe a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember of are we smarter than Adam? We are now going to do are we smarter than Bryn on her stoop? I don't. Britain why are you saying Becky, those words? You're going to be answering questions. What? That's just that's just not the listener. <laughs> it's not who the listener is. What do you mean? Yes, it is. Bryn on her stoop. <laughs> Bryn on her stoop. That's what I call it. Bryn is upon her stoop. She's like Stoop Kid from Hey, hey yeah. Arnold. Okay. Okay. Bryn who, stoop who do kid. you want to ask the questions to first? Um, I'm gonna go with Becky here. I'm gonna assume, I'm gonna assume that Becky does better here. So that's why I I don't want Becky to to. He's trying jump. to win back points, y'all. I was gonna say I'm feeling judged and attacked. <laughs> All right. All right. Pull out your headphones, Britain. All right. Becky, question number one. Yeah. What's DNA stand for? Bryn, it's rude. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the long words. Deoxyribonucleic wow. acid. Oh, I can hear Britain playing something Britain. on, on his phone. He Britain. can mute, mute his mic later. We can hear your phone play. <laughs> so I'll edit it out. Okay. Uh, okay. I'll do what I want. This is my time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Leave this in. <laughs> okay, you can pull out your headphone again. All right, number two. In Catholic tradition, who was the first pope? Peter. Um, I'm going to give it to you. It's St. Peter. Yeah, that's, that's who she's meaning. Yeah. Number three. In what movie is April 25th an ideal date? Miss Congeniality. Yeah. Number four, what's the name of the lobster on Spongebob Squarepants? I don't know. Larry the Lobster, obviously. Number five, true or false? False. False? There we go. <laughs> true or false, King County was named for Martin Luther King Jr. Well, no, originally it wasn't. Do, 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 that would be Britain playing do, the Jeopardy music, by the way. You're saying false? Do, 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 false. Do, do. <laughs> Correct. Uh, number six, how old is Mount Rainier National Park? 63 years. Incorrect. 122 years. Wow. All right. I'm going to hold on to the bonus question in case we have a tie. Okay. How fun editing that later where we, because we can't use that music. It's copyrighted music. Is it? It is. Is it? It is. Is it? Yes. Okay, ask him the questions. All right. Question number one. What does DNA stand for? Dibonucleic acid. Dibonucleic neutronic acid. <laughs> I'm going to say you don't get that correct. I don't know. 
I, I think deoxyribonucleic acid. Oh no, you're not that close. Those are the exact words that came out of my mouth. I did not hear that. All right. Question number two. In Catholic tradition, who was the first pope? Francis. Incorrect. Number three. In what movie is April 25th an ideal date? I don't. The notebook. I don't know. Miss Congeniality. Not far off. Why is that an ideal date? Becky? So in the um, pageant, they ask this girl, what's your ideal date? And they mean like a date with a boy. And she's like March 25th because it's... April 25th. Or April. Because it's like warm enough that you only need a a light sweater. Gotcha. That's good. Yeah, it is. Number four. What's the name of the lobster on SpongeBob SquarePants? The lobster? Yeah. Well, it's not Mr. Krabs. Oh, it's the really beefy guy mm, yeah. named Ben. Larry the Lobster. Okay. Number five, true or false? King County was named for Martin Luther King Jr. False. It was originally named for some guy who was a slave owner, and then they later changed it to Martin Luther King Jr. That is correct. False. I don't know if that story is correct. She doesn't include that information. It is. Number six, how old is Mount Rainier National Park? Quite old, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to say 33. Incorrect. (laughs) 122 years old. I was kind of close there. He was closer. (laughs) I think Becky gets it right, uh, or, or wins, because she got Catholic tradition 25th. True or false? Yep, Becky got three and, and Britain did not. What was her bonus question? Ooh, bonus Jonas. Okay, bonus question. This was for the tie. Okay. Yeah. How long has the Washington State Ferries been a transport agency? Eight. Oh, 30. 70. Okay. Well, I was closer. 70 in June, so we're currently at 69 years. Thanks. All right, well, I am not smarter than Bryn. Yes. I like I would go to Becky. Well done, Becky. Um, I think this is one of our most fun segments. So Yeah, please send in your questions. Yeah, you can send them on Instagram, Pod Trivia Cast. Don't bother on Twitter at Pod Trivia Cast. Gmail. Gmail Pod Trivia Cast. We kept it nice and simple, so all of them are exactly the same. Honestly, though, I'm the only one who checks anything, so just DM the Instagram. I check the Gmail. Just DM the Instagram. (laughs) Kyle, I love you a lot, but we are married, and we are both working from home in the same house, and on a regular basis, I text you, and you don't get it. It's on your phone, but you don't read it, so unreliable. Mm -hmm. Don't email him. Okay, but I also get the emails sent to my phone. And so I get a little notification on my phone, and I respond to people. Some might say, too well. (laughs) Okay, so listener, you can decide who's more reliable here. And like, really? Is it a competition? (laughs) Uh, What else do we usually say in this segment? Uh, Oh, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on uh, Apple Podcasts. Do we have, oh, we have a review, don't we? Sure. Do you want to read that review? Yeah. So if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast, we might re- uh, read your review out on the show. Thank you very much for doing that. I think we got a review oh, yeah. this from one, Listener this Bryn. Is, this is from Listener Bryn. Who I'm not smarter than. 
Well, we we did. I mean, we knew that. All right. Bryn writes, I like this podcast a lot. Just enough silliness to information for me. Would recommend. Thanks, Bryn. I'm the silliness. You guys are the information. Sure. I'm the information. Kyle gives information. I'm sometimes the information. No. No, you're not. No, you're not. All right. All right. Thanks so much for uh, listening. Bye. Cheer, Kyle. (laughs) Bye. Wait, what? (laughs) There's more than one Kyle in the world, Kyle. Oh, all right. Fair enough. And I'm allowed to talk to other Kyles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you don't even know how many other Kyles there are. Oh, no. All right. Okay. (laughs) You're testing on this. The musical accompaniment in this episode was brought to you by Adam Yaw.